This is a sicha from Lakutus Sichas Chelik Tezvav Parshas Chayisara Sicha Aleph, and the topic of the sicha is that the parsha relates events that occurred after the passing of Sarah, and the events seem to reflect the opposite of the life of Sarah. And there are five parts in the sicha. The rebel number one ask how the parsha reflects its name. Number two ask four other questions on the parsha. Number three, present the difference between Sarah and Avram. Number four, based on this, answer all the questions. And number five, present a Hirah. As we spoke many times regarding the names of the Sedras, that the content of each Sedra is conveyed in its name. And so the same is true regarding our Sedra, our Parsha, that the name Chaya Sarah conveys the content of the entire Sedra. Now just to point out that when we say Sedra, it refers to what we call a Parsha, like Bereshis, Nayach, Lech Lecha, etc. And when we say Parsha over here, it's mostly going to refer to sections within the Sedra. However, as we're going to see in the Sicha, it's going to use them somewhat interchangeably. Now we're going to refer to the Sedra as the Parsha, and also we're going to refer to sections in the Sedra as the Parsha. And there's a difficulty with this, because the entire Sedra relates events that occurred not during the time of Chaya Sarah, the life of Sarah, but to the contrary, in the time after the life of Sarah. And in addition, not only did these events in actuality, in terms of when they occurred, did they occur in the time after Chaya Sarah, but also the very nature of these events are the opposite of Chaya Sarah. So it's not just technically it happened after her passing, but the events seem to manifest and express ideas that are the opposite of Chaya Sarah. Because we have three sections in our parasha, three sections in our sedra. The first section, the first parasha, talks about the burial of Sarah, which is obviously the opposite of Chaya Sarah, the life of Sarah. The second parasha talks about the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka, where Vadir concludes that Vayinochem Yitzchak Achiri Imoy, that Yitzchak was comforted from her passing. And it says, Umisha Mesa, this is what Rashi says, Chazal tell us, that after she passed away, he was comforted by his wife. So we see that it's about the opposite of the life of Sarah. And then the third parsha is especially the opposite of her life, because over there it says that by Yesaf Avram, that Avram Avinu married Keturah, he remarried Hagar. And then afterwards it tells us, these are the offspring of Ishmael, which Sarah wanted to do chase Yishmael away. And here it's talking about the offspring of Yishmael. So how can we say that the name of the parsha conveys and captures the whole idea of the entire parsha when it seems to be that it's the total opposite of the name of the parsha, the life of Sarah? So the explanation of this is, and we're going to present a certain idea that's going to lead into answering the question. So the explanation of the teaching in the Gemara, the Yaakov Avinu Loimes, Mazare Bechayim, Afu Bechayim, so this explanation is known. So it says in the Gemara that Yaakov Avinu Loimes, what does it mean Yaakov Avinu Loimes? That just like his offspring is alive, he too is alive. So the explanation of this idea is known. The idea is that the real Indian of life is eternal. Like we know that if water stopped flowing, it's not Mayim Chayim. So the real union of life is that it's eternal. And this is only possible by those who are attached to Hashem, who Hashem is the source of life and eternity. And as it says in the Pasuk, Vashem Elikim Emes, Hu Elikim Chayim. Hashem is an Ebishter of life. And Va'atam Advekim Chayim. And through us being attached to Hashem, we also become alive. And so from this it's understood that the true union of life of Yaakov was recognized when we see the eternity of his life. That even after his neshama left his body, still his way of life continues through Zare. So that's the explanation, this, the well-known explanation of what it says in the Gemara, the Yaakov Avinu Mes, that Ma Zare Bachayim Afu Bachayim. How does Zare Bachayim reflect the Yaakov Avinu Mes? Because the real idea of Chayim of life is that it's eternal. 
And that's only recognized and is only conveyed and expressed when we see that even after his neshama leaves his body, his way of life still continues. So we see the idea of eternity, which is the idea of true life. And so similarly regarding Chaya Sarah. Chaya Sarah, the life of Sarah, is revealed and established when her life of when her life continues after Chaya Sarah, when her inyanim of Tev and Gdusha continue afterwards. Only then can her 127 years be described as Chaya Sarah, true Chayim. And based on this, we're going to see how we're going to answer our questions. According to this, we can understand the part of the parasha that recounts the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka. Because the conduct of Yitzchak, who was the son of Sarah, was according and in harmony with Chaya Sarah, with the life of Sarah. And this was also the way of life of Rivka, the one Yitzchak married, as it says in the Pasuk, that Yitzchak brought her to the tent of Sarah, his mother. So the Chazal tells us, and Rashi says, We see that she lived the same way that Sarah lived. And it's specifically in this way that the true and eternal Chaya Sarah, life of a Sarah, is expressed, that it continues afterwards. Which, as we said before, that's the real idea of life, is that it's eternal. So that's captured and expressed and conveyed in the second part of our parasha, the second part of our sedra, the second section, talks about the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka. However, this explanation is insufficient, because in addition to the fact that it only explains one of the three parts of the parasha, it only explains the story of the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka, it doesn't answer the first part, where it talks about the burial of Sarah, and the last part that talks about Avram me marrying Hagar and the Toldos of Ishmael, but in addition to that, also the majority of this very parasha doesn't recount the actual marriage which expresses the way of life of Yitzchak and Rivka. The majority of the parasha primarily relates the details of the events and conversations of the shluchus of Eliezer. It focuses on Eliezer's shluchus, how he met Rivka, how he related this to Saul and Lavan, and how he succeeded in getting their agreement to the shidduch. So it doesn't even answer and explain to us this middle parasha. So we'll understand this by first explaining the following. And we're going to go into four questions over here. Number one, also in the first parsha of the Sedra, where it talks about the burial of Sarah, the focus and the lengthiness of the parsha is about the discussions of Avram with the Bnei Ches and Ephron to purchase the Maris Machpelah. Just like in the second parsha, the second story in our Sedra. It primarily focuses on the conversations and the events that occurred with Eliezer. Also in the first parsha, the main focus is about the conversations between Avram and the Bnei Ches and Ephron and not so much on the actual burial of Sarah. So the question is, what is the explanation for this lengthiness and, and special focus on these discussions and conversations? We also have to understand another thing, and on this section there's going to be two questions. Chazal say on the Pasuk, where Avram told the Bnei Ches that Ger so Chazal say, and Rashi brings it down in his explanation, what did Avram mean by Ger v'Toshav? Ger is a stranger, a foreigner, Toshav is a resident. So what Avram was telling them was, Im tirtsu, if you want, and you're willing to sell me the Maris Machpelo, then Harini Ger, then I'll be a Ger, and I'll buy it from you. Vim lav, but if not, if you're not going to be willing to sell the Maris Machpelo, then Eye Toshav, then I'm going to be a resident. Vetlana menadin, and I'm going to take it rightfully. Because Hashem told me, I'm going to give this land to your offspring so I could take it rightfully. And so there are two questions over here. Number one, if it's the case that Avram Avinu could take it as a Toshav, then why did he have to work so hard to buy it? And number two, how could Avram say that he can take it, minhadin, that he could rightfully take it, if it didn't yet belong to him? He said, Hashem said to me, I'm going to give it to your offspring. So how could he take it, Minadin, if the promise was to give it to his offspring, not to him? It wasn't yet his.
we also have to understand, and this is the fourth question, Chazal say, and Rashi also brings it down in his parish, on the Pasuk of Vayikbiru Isa Yitzchok V'yishmol, that Yitzchok and Yishmol buried Avram Avinu, they say that Mikan Sha'asa Yishmol Tshuva V'hoyliches Yitzchok Lofanov, that from here we learn that Yishmol did Tshuva and he put Yitzchok before him. And so the question over here is, why is this hinted to after the passing of Avram Avinu? We know that Yishmol did Tshuva while Avram was still alive. That's the Seva Toiva that Avram was promised. That Yishmol did Tshuva while still in his lifetime. So why is this hinted to after the passing of Avram Avinu? So the explanation of this will be understood by first prefacing the difference between Avram and Sarah in regards to their offspring. And this is going to lead us into answering all of our questions. So Avram, Avram wasn't just the father of Yitzchak, but rather also of Yishmol. And this is to the extent that Chazal say that when it says, It refers to both Yitzchak and Yishmol. And furthermore, Yishmol was born before Yitzchak, meaning that not only Am Yisrael, but rather also other nations come from Avram. And this is to the extent that Hashem said, Av that Avram is of L'cholo Elam. So on one hand, we have over here Avram. He's the father not just of Yitzchak, but also of Yishmol. And also, he has a connection not only to Am Yisrael, but also to all nations. On the other hand, Sarah, Sarah was only the mother of Yitzchak. She didn't have any other children, meaning that her connection is only to Am Yisrael. Similarly, this is also the difference between the Aveda of Avram and the Aveda of Sarah. By Avram, so Avram publicized the Lukus to all types of people. Like it says, that Hikiri Avram Avinu, even to Arvim that are Meshtachavim Lavakaragleim, meaning even to the lowest of the low, regardless of whether or not they would remain under his influence. Sarah, so Sarah on the other hand, only brought a Lukus to the Tzadak Dusha to the extent that it also expressed itself regarding Yishmol, the son of Avram. Sarah said and succeeded in Garish HaOmah Zezvez Bna to expel and send away Hagar and Yishmol because Yishmol should not and will not inherit together with Yitzchak. And this was even though even though this troubled Avram greatly. So Avram Avinu worked with everyone and even succeeded in Yishmol doing tshuva. Like it's like he asked But from Sarah's perspective, the value of Yishmol doesn't exist in comparison to Yitzchak and therefore she asked and succeeded in accomplishing that According to this, we could begin answering our main question about why the parsha is called Chaya Sarah and also answer our fourth question about why the tshuva of, of Yishmol is hinted to after the passing of Avram Avinu if he did tshuva during the lifetime of Avram Avinu. So this Indian of Sarah, that she's only connected to the Tzadik Vudgusha and that Yishmol and everything else is insignificant compared to Yitzchok. So this Indian is the central theme of the three parshias and stories in our Sedra. Let's start with the first one. The Mars Machpelah was the burial place of Adam and Chava, from whom all of mankind descended. So according to this, the Mars Machpelah should seemingly not only be connected to Yidin, all of mankind descended from Adam and Chava. And despite this, we see here how Avram made an effort to buy it for the burial of Sarah, and that's where the three of us and four Imaris are buried meaning that it belongs exclusively to Yidin. And this also indicates that Yidin are the main descendants of Adam and Chavo, and all other nations are insignificant in comparison, which is the idea of Sarah. Then in the second story, the Sedra expresses an even higher Indian, that the greatness of Yidin is not just in comparison to the nations that have no connection to Avram, but also in comparison to those which do have a connection. Because it says regarding Eliezer Ever Avram, that he is Doilo Mashke Meteris Rabbi Lacherim. 
And in the story, we see the many miracles Hashem showed him to the extent that we learn from this that we see the greatness of the sikhs of the Avdi Aves. And despite all this, Yitzchak could not marry the daughter of Eliezer. Why? Because Bni Baruch meaning that regardless of all the great qualities of Eliezer, still in all, he's not only lower than Yitzchak, but he's also Ur compared to Baruch, completely insignificant. Again, the idea of Sarah, and not just to nations that have no connection to Avram, but even to Eliezer, who did have a connection to Avram. And then we move on to the third story. At the conclusion of the Sedra, the Torah adds an even higher Indian in this, that the greatness of Yidin is also in comparison to the offspring of Avram, and in a manner that they have no significance, which is again the idea of Sarah. Because after the Torah recounts that Yosef Avram, that Avram remarried Hagar, and and she brought children to him, so the Pasuk says, Avram Avram gave everything that he had to Yitzchak. The others he gave them gifts and sent them away. And similarly regarding the children of Yishmol, despite them being the Torahs of Yishmol ben Avram, still the Torah immediately adds and emphasizes, it says these are the Torahs of Yishmol ben Avram. Who's Yishmol? Asher Yolda Hagar HaMitzris Shifcha Sarah LaAvram. This is the son that Hagar Mitzvah, who was Hagar? She was Shifcha Sarah that she brought into the world for Avram. Yishmael's entire existence, including all future generations of his Toldus, were born to, the Torah describes Hagar as Shifcha Sarah. And this is also why we learn about his tshuva, answering the fourth question, from Heilich HaSitzchak Lefanov by the passing of Avram. Because what was Yishmael saying? That he has significance, he has greatness compared to Yitzchak. He was saying that he does Yerush, he does inherit his father. So after Avram passes away, when it's a time for the inheritance, what was his tshuva? To show that he recognizes that in truth, compared to Yitzchak, he has no significance. And so therefore, Yitzchak's going to be the one to bury his father because the obligation, the main one to bury his father, because the obligation of burying one's father, of the obligation to bury a person is on the child, to bury their father. So it's after the passing of Avram, where then we see the idea of a Yerush coming out, that Yishmol did his tshuva by showing that he accepts and understands that Yitzchak is the true Yerush. And this is the general connection of the events and the content of our sedra to the name Chaya Sarah, because all of them express this life of Sarah. A deeper explanation of this, and also here we're going to answer questions 1, 2, and 3 in this audio and in the next one. So, the heavens, the earth, and everything in it, including the nations of the world, is, as we learned at the very beginning of the Torah, the whole purpose of their creation is for the Yidin. And therefore, if they don't fulfill their purpose and mission, so there's no reason for them to exist. So it's not just that Yishmol and the nations of the world are insignificant compared to Bnei Yisrael, but it's also that their whole purpose is Bishvil Yisrael. And according to this, we can explain the Indian and purpose of the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Neyach. The Indian and purpose of the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Neyach is that the world should be L'Sheves Yitzarah. It should be a, a f- properly functioning world and a supportive world for the Yidin to do Torah Mitzvahs and bring down the early key that's higher than the world. That's the whole purpose. Their whole purpose is Bishvil Yisrael. And therefore, there's also no distinction in the punishment for transgressing any of the Sheva Mitzvahs. Because since the whole substance and very existence of the Umas the nations of the world, is for the Yidin, to help the Yidin. So if they get in the way of that, then they lose the very foundation of their existence. And since this is their entire basis and the substance of their being and existence, that is Bishvil Yisrael, so therefore it also had to be recognized by the very first Yid, Avram. Already by Avram, we need to see this idea that the entirety of the Umas is Bishvil Yisrael. 
And also this Indian is emphasized in all three parts of Parshas Chayasara, not just the insignificance of Umas Ha'ilam compared to the Yidin, but also that their very existence and purpose and their whole being, the substance of their being, is Bishvil Yisrael. And we're going to start over here with the how we see it in the first Parsha, the first story in the Sedra, and the next audio we'll talk about the second and third part of the Sedra. So in the first Parsha, it's emphasized this idea in the words where Avram said, that if you're agreeable to sell it, and I'll be a guarantee. If you're not agreeable to sell it, so then I'll be a resident, and I'll rightfully take it. What Avram was saying over here is Hashem created Eretz Yisrael with the intention of giving it to the Yidden. The original Bernard Sainé in the Son of that Hashem gave it to the Goyim, to the nations of the world, was for the purpose of Bernard Sainé and Atalemhem, when the Son of that He'll eventually take it from them and give it to us. And this was all, this was all in a way that every part of Eretz Yisrael had, had a time and a manner when and how it will come to the Yidden. So in general, Eretz Yisrael had to come when into the possession of the Yidden in the time of Yeshua. And in what manner? In a manner of Kibush. And the Marz Machbela specifically, the time it had to come to the possession of the Yidden was to Avram. And it was the manner of purchasing it from the Bnei Ches. And this was the intent of Avram when he was saying, Ger machim, that im ger then adin. He was telling them that if they fulfill the intent and purpose of why Hashem gave them possession of the Marasa Machpelah, so then Hayreni Ger, and he will buy it from them. However, if they don't agree to sell it, then it lenim and adin, because if they don't fulfill the purpose of their ownership, then the ownership becomes void. Their whole ownership was so that it should come into the possession of the Yidin. Eretz Yisrael in general, in the times of Yeshua, in the manner of Kibush. The Marisa Machbela, in the times of Avram Avinu, in a manner of selling it. So if they don't fulfill that purpose of why it was given to them in the first place, then the whole ownership is void. That's the basis of the ownership. And this also explains another idea that it says that everything is Bishvil Yisrael, U Bishvil HaTeira, also for the Teira. Here we see that a whole other section in Teira was added through the story of them owning the Marisa Machbela and Avram purchasing it from them. And as we'll see later, this all comes from the power of Sarah. It, earlier we spoke about the idea of Sarah expresses that all other nations and all other peoples are insignificant compared to the Yidin. Later we'll show how also this idea that everything is for the Yidin, not just insignificant, but for the Yidin, that's the whole substance of their existence, for the Yidin, is also the idea of Sarah. And this idea is also expressed in the second parasha that talks about the marriage of Yitzhak and Rivka. The lengthy story of all the miracles, then Eliezer relating them to Psalm and Lovin, and then them realizing and saying, Ma'ashem Yatsadavar, and then they're agreeing to the Shidduch, all expresses how everything that occurred is Bishvil Yisrael, is for Avram and Yitzhak. And this is even more pronounced when we see later that when Basul tried to stop the Shidduch, so his existence was nullified, he passed away. Because the whole existence of Basul was, Ubsul Yola Des Rivka, Bishvil Yisrael, that there should be a Shidduch for Yitzhak. And this is similarly expressed in the third parsha. Here the Torah not only emphasizes, like we said earlier, that Yishmael is the son of the Shivcha of Sarah. It says that Yishmael was the son of Hagar, Shivcha Sarah. But even more so, that his entire existence depends on his recognizing this. Where do we see this? So this can be seen in the teaching of Chazal on the Pasuk of Al Pnei Kol Echov Nafal. So Chazal tell us, and Rashi brings it down, that And the way we can understand this is, that actually Mesa Avram means that Avram is still alive in Yishmol. What's the life of Avram in Yishmol? That Avram Davin, Lu Yishmol Yichelifanecha. And what did we say is Lu Yishmol Yichelifanecha? It means that he should do tshuva. And what was the tshuva of Yishmol? He's recognizing that he's the Ben Ha'oma and Kila Yirash, that he's insignificant compared to Yitzchak. So Yishmol only exists when Avram is living in Yishmol. And his tshuva is to recognize that he is the Ben Ha'oma. So it's not just 
that he's the Ben of Amal, he's the Ben of Shivcha Sara, but his whole existence depends on recognizing this. Because otherwise, Mishamei Savram, then it's Nafal. And this Indian, that the whole existence of the nations of the world is Bishvil Yisrael, is connected to the Avoid of Sarah. Because Avram, the Torah teaches us that the name Avram is related to Av Hamayn Goyim Nesaticha. The way Avram impacts the world is in such a way that he also has a connection to the nations of the world. And so for this reason, from his perspective, the nations of the world don't feel that they don't have any existence for themselves and they're only Bishvil Yisrael. However, Sarah, the name Sarah is related to Srara, which means like authority. Sarah is Sarah Alakel. She rules over everything. And for this reason, from this perspective of Sarah, the nations of the world feel that Yidin are the masters of their existence and that they are servants of Sarah and her offspring, the Yidin, that their whole existence is Bishvil Yisrael, because she is Sarah Alakel. Here we're going to present a question and answer, and then we're going to go into the Hayra. So seemingly, Lechari can still ask, True the Inyanam of the Sedra expressed Avaida, a unique quality of Sarah. However, since it recounts events that occurred after the passing of Sarah, so it doesn't fully fit with the meaning of Chaya Sarah, which are the 127 years that she lived and did her Aveda. So the explanation is that all the events that occur in our Parsha, they resulted from what Sarah accomplished in her 127 years that she lived. It's only that it was hidden while doing her Aveda, and it became revealed after her passing. And this is similar to the rewarding Ganeidin, that it's not something new that occurs. It's that it's happening through our Aveda, and it's only that it's revealed to us after a person's passing. The ultimate shlemus of the Aveda is that what it accomplishes should be revealed. And therefore it's understood that the matter is in our sedra. Where the Aveda of Sarah is revealed, they are the Chaya Sarah. It is the life of Sarah because it's revealing everything that she did during her 127 years when she was alive. Every Indian in Teira is a Heira. There's a very simple and clear Heira for our days from the beginning and end of the Sedra, where the beginning talks about the burial of Sarah and the end talks about the Tshuva of Yishmol. We have a very clear response when the Bnei Yishmol come with a claim that since they are the offspring of Rom, so therefore the Marz HaMachbeila belongs to them. So in addition to the fact that the majority of the Arabs who live around and in Eretz Yisrael are not, as is widely known, from Yishmol, in addition to that, also Yishmol himself has no connection to the Marz HaMachbeila. Because Avram purchased it for the burial of Sarah. And as we explained, Yishmol is not the Yerush of Avram. And certainly not of Sarah. And so therefore it's understood that it belongs to her son Yitzchak. And as we know, it belongs to Yitzchak and the offspring of Yitzchak. But not all the offspring. It says, Ki bi Yitzchak. Not all of the offspring. Which is Yaakov. We also learn from the end of the Sedra that when there comes a time when Yishmol becomes wild and comes with wild claims and demands, so Yidin should not have any fear or become intimidated. We only need to remind them of the truth, that his existence is, Asher Yodah Hagar HaMitzrus Shifcha Lavrom. And that when he begins considering himself an entity unto himself, then he becomes, Al Pnei Kol Echav Nafal. The nations of the world also believe in Tereshav Iksav. Therefore, when it's properly clear to Yidin themselves how things are supposed to be, and we also explain it in the proper and clear way to the nations of the world, and certainly not to become dejected before them, and especially for those who consider themselves Bnei Shmol, so then they will stop putting pressure on Yidin. Then they will see, and especially through Mazlayu Chazi, that their Mazal above sees the truth, that it is only for their benefit that the Maris Machpelah, together with all of Eretz Yisrael, should be entirely and in a revealed way in the possession of Yidin.